I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Host of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Anna Udina. She is the Senior Director Marketing Initiatives for the Toy Association. Our focus today are the importance of play, the Genius of Play Initiative, Steam Toys, and the many benefits of toys that encourage play and human growth and understanding. Oh, this is so cool. So much to learn. You're going to love this. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh by the way, uh, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left review. Could you do that for me? It's so simple. You just push a button and then maybe give me five stars and how about say enough, a few nice words? Huh? <laughs> That'd be so cool. Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the education podcast, your favorite show with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Maletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dot Stimoletto. Anna Udina is spearheading the Toy Association's Genius of Play initiative to raise awareness of play as a crucial part of child development and encourage families to make time for play in their daily lives. Since its launch in 2015, the Genius of Play has reached millions of parents, caregivers, and educators, providing research-based facts, expert advice, and a host of play activities through its website, social media channels, live events, and various media. Anna has also been leading the Toy Association's Strategic STEAM Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math Initiative, which culminated in the development of the Comprehensive STEAM Toy Assessment Framework and the launch of industry's first official STEAM Toy Accreditation Program. This is going to be so cool. What a neat whole neat world that we're talking about here. Anna, welcome and thanks for joining me. Say hi to everyone. Hey, hey everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Steve. Oh, you're so welcome. It's great to have you on the show, Anna. And uh, uh, what a neat world. I gotta, I gotta ask you a little bit. I mean, you're working, first of all, for a company called the Toy Association. And, uh, you know, that's, is, that, that, that's a cool sort of thing as, as it is. And we're talking about play. So, I love this topic, so we're, we're, we're getting ready to get into this. And, uh, and the first thing I want to ask you is, so you work for the Toy Association. Could you tell everyone a little bit about who they are, what the Toy Association is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Toy Association is the leader of the toy and play industry. And what exactly does it mean? Well, we are a not-for-profit trade organization, and we bring together toy manufacturers, so companies like Lego, Hasbro, Mattel, and many, many others. Also, retailers that sell toys, Target, Amazon, and others, toy designers, and pretty much everybody in the toy and play community. So we are the organization for all of those companies and individuals. And in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis, a lot of things. Uh, We address industry-wide issues like toy safety, for instance. We also have our iconic events like our Toy Fair New York, and that is where toy manufacturers and toy buyers come together. There is also a lot of media in attendance. 
uh, we also do a lot of research. For instance, we conduct research on toy trends. What is new and hot? What are we seeing that's happening in the toy industry? And finally, we promote the value of play. And you mentioned it a little bit in the introduction, the genius of play. So we support parents, caregivers, and educators with all kinds of resources, really with the goal of inspiring more play at home as well as in the classroom. Thanks so much. I love that. This, this is cool that you bring all those groups together and, uh, and talk about toys and appropriate toys and uh, specifics about them that we're going to get into in just a minute, but especially that concept of play and the role that it plays. So I, I love this. Uh, you know, so you're the senior director of marketing initiatives at the Toy Association. So what do you do? So I lead the Genius of Play initiative at the Toy Association uh, with lots of support from everybody at the Toy Association, as well as many external experts and partners. And we even have a play ambassador network who are also helping out to spread the word about the benefits of play. And as I said, our goal is to provide play-based resources for parents and educators. So a big part of my job is to oversee the development of those resources. And you can check them out on our website, thegeniusofplay.org. We have hundreds of play ideas for parents. They're, they're all organized by a child's age, developmental benefits, prep time. So really convenient for parents to find exactly what they need for their family. And we also have a dedicated section for teachers, which we can talk a little bit about. Uh, so I oversee the development of those resources, as well as all marketing and communications for the Genius of Play. And that includes working with our experts, with play ambassadors, as well as like-minded organizations. So we have a partnership, for instance, with National After School Association. We partnered in the past with National Association for the Education of Young Children and many other great organizations like that that serve families and kids. And finally, you mentioned in the intro the STEAM initiative. So I also oversee the STEAM Toy Accreditation Program, which is super interesting. It awards the official stamp of approval to STEAM toys after a rigorous evaluation process. So we can get into the details of that later on, but that, that pretty much sums up what, uh, what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about the importance of play. Uh, could you, as we talk about this, could you just talk about what you're talk, talking about? I mean, you know, and what got you interested in play? I mean, so kind of explain what, when we talk about uh, encouraging play, what we mean, and then uh, yeah, you know, so, what got you interested in that topic? Yeah. So in terms of what got me interested in play, uh, I'm a marketing professional, not an educator. So I was approached by the Toy Association back in 2015 to help build the Genius of Play initiative and communicate all the benefits of play. But we started by reviewing all the existing research and it goes back decades. Uh, researchers were looking at the role of play in child development, the connections between play and learning. So all of a sudden, I was discovering a brand new world, and I was just fascinated by what we uncovered, by all the facts. Well, obviously, I kind of like intuitively knew that play was important because this is what all kids do naturally, and it's also fun. A lot of our best memories go back to playing as a child, but I never realized how much more there is to play, especially this connection between play and learning and how play 
really helps not only young kids, but even older kids to learn and master all sorts of skills. So that was what, that was the first aha moment that I'm like, wow, you know, there is a story that the world needs to hear that needs to be told. And then at the same time, uh, I realized that play had what I call a little bit of a marketing problem in our society. And what I mean by that is that does play really get all the appreciation that it deserves? Well, uh, you know, with potential plays a lot of value on like being busy and being successful and all those extrinsic factors uh, like external appreciation and recognition. But we don't always take enough time off, not enough time out for for our own hobbies, for things that we like to do. We tend to look down on leisure sometimes because it makes us not productive somehow. So that's what I mean by a little bit of a marketing problem. So I thought that in addition to telling this story about the benefits of play for kids, for, for child development, there is also an opportunity to tell the adults about the benefits of play, whether we're talking stress reduction or creativity. There are so many benefits that play has for any stage in life. And I think as an adult, I was fascinated by that and just the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of kids as well as adults and society at large by by inspiring people to be more playful and allowing themselves and their kids to take time out for play. Yeah, it's, it, it, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's it got me thinking about all kinds of things because I, I think one of the things that uh, really comes to the forefront right now is that there's a lot of, and not that there's anything that wrong with it, but at the same time there is, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, kids get glued and adults get glued to that little phone that they have or the tablet or, you know, some screen and, I mean, they'll walk right out in traffic <laughs> looking at that thing. And, uh, and you know the you know you go to dinner and you might see a family sitting at the the table, but they're all looking at their individual screens and stuff like this. And and I, I just would think that uh, you know encouraging play also has a lot to do with uh, trying to get people to interact in a different way with that world around them, which I think is so cool. Uh, good stuff. I, I, all right. So one of the things I mentioned in the bio in your bio is the this talk of the genius of play. So can you talk about how the genius of play supports educators? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, we have a dedicated section for teachers on the geniusofplay.org. And the core of that section is play-based lesson activities. They cover specific focus skills, so different curriculum areas from literacy and vocabulary to math and science, geography, social and emotional skills. Every activity includes specific focus skills, grade level recommendations, step-by-step -step instructions so you will know exactly how to set up and conduct the activity with your students. And it also includes modifications. So you can make it simpler, you can make it a little bit more complex, you can modify it for your specific situation. Uh, I want to mention that all of the activities in our four teachers section, they have been developed by real teachers by people who teach in the classroom and we are incredibly proud of that because uh, those people who develop those activities they are dealing with the same challenges the same issues that you are dealing on a day-to-day -day basis and they um, they know basically what you have to deal with so they're very hands-on they're very practical and 
on the website they are available as PDFs. So we made them downloadable. So you can easily click and print. You can print it out and take it with you to the class, or you can pull it up on your phone. Those phones are useful sometimes. So <laughs> they're not they're not all bad. So uh, use them for something like that to bring more play to your classroom. So that's the that's the core of what we do. But uh, in addition to lesson uh, activities and like those mini lesson plans, we also have materials for parents. So handouts, or we call them take-home pages, for instance, with facts about the benefits of play, with some ideas for parents to incorporate play at home, and there are ideas for inside, for outside, so that's a great start. And then, of course, there is a lot more for parents on the geniusofplay.org, so you can start by setting those take-home pages with the students so that parents um, start sort of like incorporating play in their day-to-day -day and discover more at the geniusofplay.org. Um, and finally, I wanted to mention it's um, the beginning of the school year. So we have our fun pledge-to-play certificate that you can also print in our four teacher section. It's a downloadable certificate. You can print it out, hang it up in the classroom just to let everybody know that this classroom supports play, that you understand and value this connection between play and learning. And if you'd like, you can also order a full color, beautiful poster for your classroom. It's a little bit too large to download, but you can request it by email and we will send it right to your address. Everything on the geniusofplay.org is free, including the posters. This is just part of what we do as a nonprofit to encourage people to play more. I love that. That's awesome. That is so cool. I got And back at the, Towards the end, when we talk about uh, the show notes and all that stuff, got to make sure we remind them about the certificate and, uh, and and all that cool stuff there. So good stuff. I, all right, so uh, let's let's talk about the science of uh, um, play and learning. I mean, what's that connection that science shows us between play and learning? Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I said fascinated me when I started diving into all the research about the benefits of play. So to organize it a little bit, so there are six key areas where play benefits child development specifically, and those key areas are physical, cognitive, social, emotional, creativity, and communication. And play is absolutely necessary for young children to reach developmental milestones in each of those six key areas. And then when you go into kind of like dive into each of those areas, there are so many connections and so many studies that uh, showcase the connection between play and learning specific skills. And one example that I like specifically, and I think your audience will like, because there are a lot of educators, it's how play impacts literacy. So according to science, pretend play or imaginative play. It's, you know, what four or five, six-year-olds do when a banana becomes a phone, when a stick becomes a horse. Well, what's happening, well, obviously they're having a ton of fun. So that's one thing that's happening. But at the same time, they are developing abstract thoughts, symbolic thinking. So basically this ability to realize that one object can stand for a different object. So that is extremely important to literacy. Why? Because literacy is all based on abstract thinking. A letter stands for a sound. A group of letters stand for a word. A group of words stand for a concept, an idea, a sentence. So 
kids are not born with that abstract thought and symbolic thinking. So pretend play is a way that they are developing the exactly the kind of thought that they will need to master literacy and reading. And there is a great study that actually showed that kids who were pretending to read to their stuffed animals when they were little, they had better language abilities in kindergarten. So here you go. There's like this direct correlation. And that is just one example. I could go on forever and ever. I know we have a limited amount of time. But last point that I wanted to make about the connection between play and learning, beyond developing specific skills, play makes learning fun, hands-on, and relevant. And as we know, engaged learners are successful learners. So the biggest power of play, in my opinion, is this ability to engage kids and adults, really people of all ages, in the learning process. So as a teacher, if you are able to combine your curriculum goals, your learning goals, with play-based activities that guide students towards those goals, you will see better learning outcomes in all students and especially maybe in those students who may have been struggling with, you know, with other approaches to learning that are based more on memorization and not very playful approaches. I think you will see great outcomes. So cool. I mean, it's, it's so important and it's such a important topic to, to, to kind of reiterate to, to, uh, uh, my audience and uh, to others about uh, the the importance that it plays and that science shows that connection there that it uh, in helping kids learn and so forth and you know one of the uh, you know one of the things that we do know is that many teachers know and understand that play has a huge learning component you know but not all parents are convinced how do we communicate the value of play to parents who may be skeptical I couldn't agree more, and that's one of the reasons why we started the Genius of Play initiative to educate parents about the benefits of play. So uh, one suggestion that I have, we collaborate with a lot of different experts. So they, they, they include different specialties, child psychologists, occupational therapists, pediatricians, learning specialists, and those experts share advice with parents on the geniusofplay.org. So we have an expert advice column, and we feature a different expert every other week, and they could be talking, for instance, about the using play for financial literacy, right? We talked about literacy, but there's also financial literacy and math, so playful approaches to that. Or they could be talking about uh, emotional development and using play to help their kids manage difficult emotions. So really a lot of different topics that little by little show this connection between play and learning, play and developing different skills. So definitely one suggestion that I have is share that advice with parents. Take advantage of it. It's all free. It's all available. And uh, as a teacher, you can be an advocate for play and you can share this advice with parents and help them realize and understand little by little that play is more than just fun. And to be honest, you know, every parent I think agrees that play is important, right? So we're not trying to convince play, uh, parents about the importance of play, but a lot of parents believe the importance of play in fun, building bonds, um, engaging with their kids, um, 
helping their kids develop their imaginations. And that is all very true, but there is also so much more. And that's, I think, where this opportunity is to connect play with developing literacy, with learning STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics, in addition to all this stress reduction, bond building, imagination and creativity that are kind of like the lower hanging fruit, right? We think the majority of parents already are believers in that. But, but there is so much more that science tells us about the benefits of play. It's so cool. There's so many things. Right, right now you got me focused on remembering a, 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 a toy from my childhood that I loved. And I'm not sure. I was somewhere between 8 and 11, I think, when this came out. But it was this, this giant ship that was made of styrofoam. And it was supposed to be like a like kind of like a, a research vessel or something like that. And it had a helicopter that um, was attached to these different cables. And what's interesting is at that time, there were several uh, movies that had helicopter um, pilots and helicopters as a focus. There were several TV shows that showed the helicopters taking off and landing and going in to deal with stuff. And, and there's this whole thing about a way a helicopter moves. And it's funny because you got me thinking about this toy because it was fun because you, you play with it. Now, it could only go as far as the circle <laughs> that it was uh, um, part of its radius, but you, ha you could make it go forward. You could make it come backwards. You could make it go up and go down. And it fascinated me by... Um, I spent hours with that thing with my friends also. And um, I may not have become a helicopter pilot, but I've always made sure that I've taken every, every opportunity to fly in helicopters and uh, as a result of it. And it, it, it's funny that that's what you're, that's, I, I am, per, I think I knew, know who it was made by, but the, and I've seen it kind of re, be recreated over the years. Um, but it's, it's funny how some toys like that can just, you know, they, they teach you how to do the different things that they, they do, and it may inspire you to do different, you know, pursue something in your as you get older. So uh, anyway, I just <laughs> thought I'd share with you. I, I have all these memories of the little helicopter, and it was all um, pretty cool what it, what it did. And it's just amazing how stuff like that can teach you uh, a little bit about, uh, you know, we're going to get into STEAM and its role in just a minute, but uh, um, teach you a little bit about the powers of flight and stuff like this. So, yeah, Steve, you're absolutely right. Uh, we actually, at the Genius of Play, uh, we did research amongst parents about the connections between what they played as a child, what kind of toys, and their future careers. And we found that just a little bit over 30% of parents played with toys that, that are directly connected to their future careers. So I know you did not become a helicopter pilot, but 30% but of people saw that connection. So it absolutely exists. It's so cool. It is so cool. I, all right. So one of the things you mentioned before is you, you mentioned a little bit about social emotional learning. Uh, you know, it's been a big topic in education. So how can play help in this area? So according to experts, play helps kids develop the five key components of emotional intelligence. And I love that concept of emotional intelligence. It was introduced by a psychologist back in the 1990s. And it kind of like helps us think about emotions in an organized matter. So uh, matter, what are those regulation, empathy, super important, motivation, and social skills? So the genius of play, we're recently partnering with a mental health expert and expert in emotional intelligence, and we developed the emotional wellness 
playbook, which is a free resource on our website. And it, it is packed with play-based activities that help kids develop each of the five components of emotional intelligence. So I'll give you a couple of examples. For instance, uh, I mentioned emotional self-awareness. So it's basically for kids being able to recognize and correctly label their emotions. So we have a game in the Emotional Wellness Playbook called Emoji Bingo. It's a fun game. It utilizes the traditional bingo play pattern. But um, on the bingo cards, we have all sorts of emotions, anger, frustration, as well as positive emotions like excitement, surprise, and happiness, and joy. It is really important for kids to learn to recognize and distinguish between between those different emotions because that's where they can start managing and coping with them by correctly labeling what what it is that they're feeling, what it is that they're experiencing. So a great game that's fun but also helps kids build skills in that specific area of emotional intelligence. And like I said, we have activities for each of the five areas. So for self-regulation, for instance, there is an activity recommended by our mental health expert called DIY Calming Bottle. And those are actually great to share with parents uh, who may be struggling, you know, like helping their kids manage their emotions. It's a great fun DIY creative project, but it's also a proven tool to help kids calm down, to help them manage their big emotions when they're experiencing them. So I'm sure a lot of parents will appreciate that. Um, there are also activities for kids who may be older. Like one of my favorite ones is called the vision board. Um, a lot of your listeners may be familiar with that. So that is great for building motivation, helping kids set goals. A vision board can be around what are my expectations for this upcoming school year, for instance, or for an upcoming vacation, or it could be anything, or who I want to be when I grow up. So you can make it as narrow or as aspirational as you want to. But what is important that it teaches kids how to set goals and how to think through the steps that they will need to take in order to achieve those goals. It also builds self-confidence, uh, which is very important for overall emotional intelligence. So those are just some examples of how play, and those are all very playful activities, right? We're not talking about sitting down with a child across the table and talking about emotions and feelings. We, we're talking about play, creating something fun, you know, visualizing who you want to be when, when you're an, an adult or something like that. Um, and that's, again, going back to the magic, the genius of play, uh, the magic really is in making things fun and relatable, relevant, hands-on, uh, translating difficult concepts into things that kids can readily understand and relate to. And that is true for emotions and STEAM, as well as pretty much anything that you're trying to teach. That is so cool. I appreciate you talking about that because it is, you know, one of the... the just powerful aspects of play is, you know, and using your imagination or doing the activities, whatever it is. And you are so right, by the way, it's great that it's not sitting down and explaining how this will help you. Um, but uh, it, the idea that uh, um, doing those things and uh, using those parts of your brain and so forth that uh, allow you to have fun at the same time accomplishing something that make you feel good. I don't, there's something cool about being successful when you're playing and whatever it is, and uh, 
you feel good about the world or yourself or whatever, and you forget the other troubles. <laughs> you know, there is that saying, uh, if you do, if you love what you do for work, you'll never spend a day of your life working. <laughs> I like that. Nice. Nice. It's good stuff. I, I, all right. So, all right. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, work, one of the things that can be, you know, it, it's kind of part of our world right now in education is that being a teacher can be very stressful, you know, it's uh, it, it, as well as an administrator, you know, their worlds. I mean, do you have any tips uh, for adults on using play to decompress? Absolutely. So I would recommend by, uh, to start by setting aside time every day to choose something that you enjoy. And it can be very simple. It can be taking a walk, for instance, or solving a puzzle. I recently discovered that I love solving puzzles. I haven't done it since I was a child. And I had a little bit of time. I was stressed out from different things that were happening in life. And, uh, and I just wanted to take this time out for myself uh, alone. And it was just incredible. The, the joy that I experienced when I solved that puzzle <laughs> <laughs> the boost of confidence and also just the, the unplugging, right? So they say that even a machine needs to be unplugged once in a while. Uh, if a computer stops working, sometimes you just unplug it, wait a minute, plug it back in, and ooh, magic, it works. So I think the same is, and psychology is actually telling us the same is happening with us uh, humans. We just we need to be unplugged, and it does not have to be. A big time commitment. So I would recommend start small. We're all busy. We don't have hours and hours to set aside, but we can all take a walk for half an hour. We can all spend 15 minutes trying to solve a puzzle or or draw, doodle, you know, whatever it is that you like to do. So um, one of the trends that we are actually seeing in the toy industry is called kiddel. So I wanted to share that with your listeners. So it's all about adults not kids, using toys as a source of relaxation, play, inspiration, hobbies. So there is a growing interest amongst adults in construction sets, for instance. You've probably seen Legos that are clearly meant for adults and not kids. Coloring books for adults, collectibles. A lot of adults are obsessed with Star Wars and whatever it is that they're collecting, games that are for adults, not kids, and other products. And it is actually now one of the biggest drivers of the toy industry. So I think what's happening, uh, a lot of adults sort of like rediscovered the joy and healing power of play during the pandemic when other options were limited. We all had a little bit more time than we were used to. And a lot of adults rediscovered play and turned to toys as a source of that relaxation. So now life is kind of back to normal, but we definitely don't see this trend slowing down. So just an interesting, interesting fact that, yes, you can take a walk, you can... Uh, you know, you can cook something, you can play a sport, but but also toys. Don't discount toys as as an opportunity to re-engage with your inner child and get some of those relaxation and stress reduction benefits. I love that. That's so awesome. You're you're talking to someone who likes to to build uh, plastic models of uh, aircraft and automobiles and stuff like that, and. Uh, um, I, I've got a chance now to work on some metal ones where you actually bend the metal and stuff like this. And it, 
it helps take away the rest of the world. You know, it's a, it, it's, it's cool when you do stuff like that. And I'm also, I've also big fan of, you know, there's, when my kids were younger, we played all these different games and um, I'm about to mention some games, even though we're not sponsored by any of these companies, but the, you know, it's uh they were cool games and they it's really cool to play them as adults. So one of those is uh, clue. Um, if you ever played clue and I'm talking about the original game where it's just, you're trying to solve the, 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 the it's a whodunit type thing. And with kids, it was fun, but with adults, it's even more fun because you could be goofy and, uh, you know, send people on a wild goose chase or whatever. And, you know, and then, you know, a game like Sorry, where you actually send people back home and they, you know, as adults, they, you get to, as when you're playing with your kids, you worry that uh, maybe you're ruining them for life when you send them back home or something. But with adults, hey, we got, uh, they're always sending each other back home or back to start or, you know, blocking you in or something like that. And it's good stuff. So that's, uh, you know, just, chance to escape and have a game night i like that it's good stuff so yeah this is awesome I, all right so you know something else you talked about is steam so do you have tips for choosing steam toys i mean how do you know which ones are truly educational yes thank you this is a great question so the toy association actually offers the official steam toy accreditation program and the goal of the program is exactly to make it easier for consumers, for parents, teachers, anybody who shops for toys to distinguish toys that truly have this educational value when it comes to STEAM. Because unlike any toys, STEAM toys are supposed to be educational. They are supposed to help kids develop specific learning goals or, you know, learn concepts in specific areas. So the way the program works, companies can submit their program, uh, toys for evaluation and they do not have to be members of the toy association. So uh, it is absolutely not exclusive to our members. Any company that makes toys for kids, um, Steam toys for kids can submit them for evaluation. And we work with the official accreditation partner, a company called the Good Play guide and basically they are a team of child development experts and researchers the company was founded by dr amanda gummer who has a phd in child psychology and they have been researching children and learning and evaluating toys for decades so they have their own process where kids get to play with the toys so people often ask me well should kids actually participate in the evaluation process absolutely the answer is yes it all starts with kids playing with the toys but there is also a team of trained observers trained child development experts who are watching as kids are playing and they're making notes and they are comparing what they're seeing again as the criteria that the toy association developed that basically describe what are the characteristics of educational steam toys what does it mean to be a steam toy we have a whole framework laid out that explains what it is and i'll give you an example for instance well steam is interdisciplinary in nature so in order to qualify as a steam toy a toy must have learning goals in at least two areas so it cannot just be math it cannot just be science 
it's got to be at least two disciplines. So science and math, technology and engineering, because the whole magic of STEAM is in its interdisciplinary nature. And those are just some of the insights that we uncovered during our STEAM research, and it all became the foundation for those criteria. And now we have the evaluation process in place. So if you're interested in learning more, you know, you can download the framework from toyassociation.org. It is publicly available. It is absolutely no secret, but uh, we don't have time to talk about all of the criteria, but you can find the framework at, at toyassociation.org. And if you just want to see the toys that have been accredited, you can also find them on the geniusoftway.org slash Steam. We have over 200 products that have been accredited, and I love the diversity of those toys. So they're like coding toys for three-year-olds, and then there are construction sets for eight plus, for instance, and everything in between. And there are also construction sets for three-year-olds, by the way, and coding for eight plus. So it really spans a variety of all the different ages, as well as different areas of science. There is something for astronomy, there are microscopes, um, there is just like a ton of fun stuff. That is so cool. And, and, and this is a good segue right into, because we're getting close to finishing up. And on a, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and or learn more, where would you send them? Yeah, so the Genius of Play resources are all on thegeniusofplay.org. And if you're interested in learning about the Toy Association as the organization, their website is toyassociation.org. I also know that a lot of teachers are active on social media, maybe especially Instagram and Pinterest. So we do have Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest for the Genius of Play. It's at Genius of Play. Uh, uh, Genius of Play. We also have YouTube channels, so you can watch some of our play idea videos, some of our expert videos as well, where they share expert advice. So it's not just articles, but it's videos as well. And we also have a podcast. Um, it's a limited podcast series called Once Upon a Playtime. Once Upon a Playtime, and it's we, we had great personalities as guests like Alicia Silverstone and Nathan Sawaya. He's a famous Lego artist and, um, and many others. They talked about exactly what you, Steve, talked about, how they played as a child and how that may have impacted what they're doing as adults, their career, their hobbies, their personalities, some really, really fascinating stuff. Alicia Silverstone actually got into drama and performing as an emotional outlet, you know, like she's obviously a famous actress, but it all started in her childhood. She was utilizing this theater and drama as an outlet, the emotions that she was going through. That's so awesome. Good stuff. Uh, in the show notes, I'll have uh, links to the different sites that you talked about and uh, um, just really cool. I, it, you know, this is, this has been awesome learning about all this. I got, I got two last questions for you on it and, they're questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one is, when you face challenges in your work or day-to-day -day life, what keeps you going? So I'm a big fan of what they call the growth mindset. I love that concept. So it's basically a way to view challenges and setbacks as opportunities for growth. So uh, as long as you learn something, it's not really a failure failure. That's how I approach challenges. So it may have been a, diff a difficult experience, uh, but 
as long as you learn something, and usually you learn a lot from difficult experiences, from challenges, that, that is where you learn the most, really, let's face it. And if everything is easy and breezy, you know, you're just coasting, right? But, but if there is a challenge and you overcome the challenge, or even if you fail, um, there is a huge learning opportunity. So I think as long as you're able to reframe how you perceive those challenges and disappointments and failures as growth and learning opportunities, then, then, then you will be able to maintain this positive mindset. And, and that just goes a long way, I think, in, in being happy and feeling satisfied, no matter what specific setbacks you may experience from time to time. Oh, this is awesome. I love it. Awesome, awesome answer. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you what, what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, so I'm incredibly lucky. I actually have a lot of great teachers in life, and I'm forever thankful to them. So I'll mention a couple. My foreign language tutor, so she got me excited about English and English speaking world and travel and different cultures and countries. And thank you so much. Uh, that just opened up a new world for me and that had a tremendous impact on my life. Um, and there's another teacher that I wanted to thank. She was my literature teacher in high school and her passion was theater. So she wanted to share her passion with the students. So we were always putting up plays and participating in concerts and we would go on stage and I would, you know, read a poem on stage or play a role in like a DIY performance or something like that. So I think that's, well, apart from being a lot of fun and like some of my best memories from high school, they revolve around that um, DIY theater, but they also gave me confidence and be, being comfortable speaking in public, for instance, right? Uh, and again, so important. So I'm having so much fun talking to you on this podcast. And I'm thinking about how nervous I was on that stage when I was a high school girl. And, you know, I had to go and do something in front of a lot, lot of people. But this is how you learn again. And we learned it through play. Literally, we were playing. We were putting up, you know, DIY shows at school. So uh, thank you so much. And that does not cover all my great teachers. I had a lot of others, but um, but I will stop for now. Oh, that's great. That's, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It's, it's amazing what uh, people can have, the impact that they can have on us, which is so cool. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for talking with me about the Toy Association, the genius of play, what you do, you know, play and Toys that are steam related. This is so so cool, and you got me thinking about all these different things. I got I got to go find somebody to play a game of chess or something. I just you know what, what a cool world you have. Thank uh, you, Steve. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K twelve, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K twelve is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators. Podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K twelve is a member of the Podcast Network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and host. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. 
Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.